Learn the most advanced recruiting techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with Rick Gerard. So what are the three biggest challenges in building a distributed team as a startup? Today, we're discussing how to hire, build process, and lead in a distributed model. Uncovering the right people hinges on the individual's desire and their emotional intelligence. Today's quote, completing one another is more important than competing with one another. And that was our friend John Maxwell. I'm Rick Gerard, and welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. Our mission is to help entrepreneurs and hiring managers avoid costly hiring mistakes. We identify a specific problem and provide proven tactical solutions to solve your company's toughest hiring challenges. We share insights from top-performing rebel entrepreneurs, disruptors, and industry experts like our guest today, Mark Angel. Mark is the CEO of Amira Learning, a fully distributed software company that is reinventing learning to read with artificial intelligence. Mark formerly served as the Chief Technology Officer at Renaissance Learning, where he led the R&D organization and worked on the two most successful reading apps in the United States. He's the founder of three successful startups and the chief inventor on more than 10 patents in the areas of search. In his past lives, Mark has served as CEO, CTO, general manager for innovators in the realm of artificial intelligence and natural language processing for companies like Ernst & Young, Nuance, and Kana Software. Mark, welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show today. Well, thanks, Rick. It's great to be here. Uh, it's great to have you. Now, in full disclosure to our audience, I know Mark. I've had the pleasure of serving and helping him to build his company, so I want to get that out there right up front. So great, great to have you. Thank you. I know you guys are super busy, and thank you for taking the time to be on the show. I appreciate it. That's my pleasure. So we're going to cover a few things today. We're going to talk about the story of the challenges you faced when building your distributed company, the three biggest issues you struggled with, and tools and solutions that work best for you and your team. How's that sound? Great. Sounds perfect. Perfect. So let's talk about the challenges. Tell me the story. Well, uh, this is uh, one of the first companies I'd been associated with that made a conscious decision to be 100% distributed from day one. We actually have no office, no physical location. Uh, Our folks are distributed uh, around the United States, and uh, we have some uh, people even overseas. So the biggest challenge was really figuring out how we could make the ultimate uh, in uh, a non-physical located team uh, really function at the highest level of performance. And uh, uh, we've learned a lot, Rick, over the last uh, couple of years about uh, how many things stand in the way of making a, a true distributed model really work. Now, why did you guys make that conscious decision to go fully distributed model? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, you mentioned that our mission is to reinvent learning to read with artificial intelligence. Turns out that uh, to understand learning to read, uh, you have to know a lot of specialized things about reading science and neuroscience. Mm -hmm. It turns out, as you probably would expect, that to build artificial intelligence, you've got to have a tremendous amount of skill in data science and uh, computer science. So uh, we uh, uh, found from the beginning to get the world-class people we needed and wanted uh, to become part of Amira, 
uh, we had to be able to work with them where their lives uh, required them to live. Uh, we work a lot with Carnegie Mellon, that's in Pittsburgh. We work a lot with folks from Renaissance, that's in Wisconsin. Uh, we work with a lot of great people on the West Coast in the Silicon Valley. Uh, so uh, we really decided the trade-off to get the absolute best folks was worth it. How do you guys get together? We have developed a lot of uh, both cultural and uh, technology approaches to bringing people into a highly collaborative and dynamic environment. So uh, one thing we do is make aggressive use of Agile. Another thing we do is uh, use a lot of the latest and greatest tools like Zoom and uh, Google Docs and uh, Slack and uh, on and on. And one thing we do is uh, uh, understand that sometimes people need to uh, look each other in the eyes. So we have quarterly meetings and other mechanisms where we do actually get people into one room in one place. Okay. So quarterly, you guys will actually actively meet at some place and, and work for a few days. We we do. Perfect. And we found that's a great uh, a great way to kind of renew the connections and ties and get everybody uh, back uh, in into a mode where they feel uh, really comfortable reaching out uh, through the more technology driven approaches. Okay. So let's talk about how you guys learned to hire through a distributed model because this was a trial and error thing for you guys, right? The first time you've yeah. ever done this. Yeah, you, you you saw some of that, Rick. You had a yeah. uh, bird's eye view, and uh, what we uh, learned right away is that we needed to put the distributed model up front, part of the screening process. Uh, we had a a bunch of experiences where we'd get people really enthused about coming to Amira, and we'd be enthused about them, and we'd spend weeks, and then we'd get to the offer stage, and they kind of. Uh, uh, have this moment of self-realization where they sort of said, you know what, uh, we're not really comfortable kind of working out of our living room, or we're not comfortable uh, with the idea that we won't be elbow to elbow with colleagues. And uh, they declined, and it uh, was a tremendous uh, waste of energy and effort on both sides. So we learned to really put this up front because people aren't self-aware uh, the way they are about compensation and other things about the work mode that they're really comfortable with. So you mentioned that self-awareness, and that's kind of interesting. Yeah. I, do you feel that some of the people that you talked to, they were desperately looking for a job, so they were willing to kind of navigate past that in order to see how things played out? Yeah. You know, as you know, Rick, uh, talented people right now aren't desperate for a job. But, no. Uh, what, what often happens is is that uh, we would go into recruiting mode, and we have a great story. Uh, the technology that they would work on would be exactly what they wanted. Uh, we were giving them a mission that really made a lot of sense. Uh, so I think what ha- was happening is is that they uh, didn't come directly uh, to the uh, importance of the uh, distributed model in their day to day life until uh, later. Until it got to the end. Yeah. 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 Uh, it, it it just wasn't front and center, right? They're thinking about, gee, I really want to work with AI. I want to work with TensorFlow. I want to work with great people. I want to uh, work at a good uh, salary and with options and upside. And so they hear all the things that they uh, were looking for and that were front and center for them. And it wasn't until uh, the rubber hit the road that the uh, concerns about the distributed model would kick in. So that was really the biggest problem that you had to overcome was distributed yeah. model format. Yeah, and, and I think early on, the way we would handle that, just not screen for it, is you know, there's a ton of people where the distributed model 
is gold. It's uh, the way they really like to work, the way that uh, they've come to uh, to be comfortable. Uh, but we weren't doing a good job of uh, uh, getting to those people and identifying them. And we had to switch things around to make that happen. You have no location. And effectively, you guys all work completely remotely from either That's a WeWork right. or, or home. That's right. Okay. Uh, we do give people a choice in that regard. You, you, you just mentioned that. What it doesn't necessarily mean for us is that everyone is working out of their house or home office. We actually uh, give people a stipend. That's one of the things we learn so that they, if they desire, can uh, go to a WeWork office or some other shared office facility. Uh, if they don't want to do that, then they pocket the stipend. We did that as, again, another way to uh, help people optimize the distributed model for themselves because for some folks, they're very comfortable working with the collaborative technology, but they still like to uh, get out of the house and separate sure. themselves from the home environment. So I know uh, I can't work from my house. It's brutal. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> in the same way. So I understand. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I'm in a shared yeah. office space, a tech space as well. So I got to tell you, it's the best thing ever because I have an eight-year-old daughter, and I'll tell you right now, like she's on vacation this week. I'm not getting any work done. <laughs> exactly. So, so, so you're putting your finger on it. We, we've yeah. kind of learned this horses for courses thing, and we want to give people the right kinds of choices and options so that they can find the best balance between uh, their life and their work life. And we've evolved to this idea that, yeah, if you are comfortable working at home and your situation facilitates that, great. If you're comfortable working in a shared office uh, facility, great. Whatever really uh, makes sense for you. And we even have people who do a mix. They work at home a couple of days and they work in a shared office a couple of days. I think you have to be wired for that or really want that because you're right. That was one of the things that as I took on this project with you guys that what I had to do was flip it and not really talk about the company so much in the beginning because what was important was to find out what their vision was for where they're going to be successful. Yep. And each person yep. is different. Some people are very okay with working at home. Me? Couldn't yep. do it. Yep. You're putting your finger on it. Yeah. And uh, as you saw, one of the other interesting things about this is, is that can't necessarily just flat out ask people about this and get the best answer because they haven't thought deeply about it. You know, a simple question about, hey, are you good working at home? Are you good working in a distributed model? Almost always, as you know, elicit uh, yes. early enthusiastic yes. Right? Yes. Uh, and uh, uh, so we had to learn to go deeper than that. You helped us with this, by the way. I got a lot of, yeah, yeah I'm open to anything. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Exactly, <laughs> which is probably a good clue that they haven't been thoughtful mm -hmm. enough about it, and a kind of uh, yellow to red flag that uh, they they uh, we either really need to help them to be much more thoughtful, or they're probably not a good candidate for it. You know, one of the problems that I have because my model is somewhat distributed as well is that setting expectations up front or getting the expectations alignment has been kind of challenging for me. Did you guys have any problems with that at all? We, we did. And uh, just as you're saying, when people have worked in the distributed model, that's a help. Yeah. Uh, like so many things, it's the same as when we talk to them about Agile projects. Everybody will say, oh, we've worked with Agile. Uh, but Agile plays out so differently in different companies in different circumstances that uh, that often doesn't mean that they're ready for your version of Agile. And the same is true with the distributed model. Even if people have worked in it, it, it doesn't mean that 
they've necessarily experienced what they're going to experience in a mirror or you know the listener's company. So we we definitely found that we had to try to set expectations. We did that in part through your help. We did that in part because as part of the interviewing process, we would have them talk to several of the Amira team members. And we made a point to uh, have each and every conversation touch on this issue and for the people on the team to explain, you know, what their day looked like and uh, uh, to enthusiastically advocate uh, for the goodness of that day because the people here at Amira love it, uh, but also to be very open about you know, some of the adjustments that uh, folks have had to make. All right. If you're just joining us right now on the live stream or the podcast, you're listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and we're talking to Mark Angel, the CEO of Amira Learning. I would like to dug in a little bit deeper on what you have done about this. What other other shifts did you guys find were helpful in getting in getting the process right for a distributed model? Yeah. Uh, so we mentioned uh, one, which is to put this issue front and center in the interviewing process. Uh, we touched on another thing we did, which was to hire you, but just maybe more generally. To oh, you're way too a, kind. Yeah, <laughs> to a uh, first-class recruiter who uh, is in a position to speak openly and honestly with people about this and to ask the tougher questions kind of as the uh, process gets going, but also as it unfolds, we learn to screen from some personality attributes that weren't as obvious to us on day one. One of the things that really characterizes the Amira team today is, is that people, even the technical people, are naturally outgoing. They love to express their opinions. And uh, we found it was that uh, characteristic that helped us uh, to kind of build a uh, a great collaborative dynamic. Uh, when we had people who uh, held back some, that was okay in a face-to-face team because everybody can see uh, that they're still, you know, desirous of talking, and you get that kind of uh, reach out from the other team members. In a distributed environment, unless people are willing to chime in, silence tends to be unnoticed. Uh, and then the last thing that we did is kind of really try to focus our servant leadership model on uh, the best approach to uh, working with the distributed team. And what I mean by that is is that we're big believers here that we're not managers. Uh, We're really servant leaders. Our job is to uh, help the team succeed. But in a face-to-face environment, you get all these clues and cues from people when they uh, need help. That's less true when uh, all, all you can see is their face on a Zoom video, or all you can see is their uh, uh, chat text and Slack. So we learned that we had to uh, really uh, modify our behavior as uh, servant leaders to uh, uh, be more proactive and be more uh, opinionated about reaching out to people and seeing if they really need something from us. And as a result, you have a lot of happy people. Uh, We do. I mean, uh, the great thing about the distributed model is that it solves so many problems for people. There's no painful commutes. Uh, There is no inability to sort of control context switches. Uh, There's no uh, sense that, uh, you know, you uh, uh, are uh, struggling to uh, uh, deal with a lot of distractions that uh, come your way, whether you like it or not. And you're in a friendly, relaxed environment all the time. So and you get, to, can, you get to work in your jammies. I mean, That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. As long as you don't uh, you know, misposition the Zoom camera. That's what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yep. 
<laughs> One of the things that I noticed about you guys that you did really well is you guys shifted out of the skills-based mindset really quickly and more into a culture-based mindset. And I think that's what made a really big difference in, in being able to attract the right people as well. Yeah, well, thank you for that, Rick. And I, I do think sometimes it's hard for technical organizations to do that. Everybody, this is this kind of lack of awareness thing. Everybody is acutely aware of how hard it is to find people who are experts in coding JavaScript or who are experts in building machine learning models. So you get wrapped up in the interviewing process in uh, uh, kind of banging away at that technical ability or, or core competence stuff around the job function. But as you know, uh, at the end of the day, easier to find people with the right technical skills than it is to find people that have the right cultural fit. That is so very true. All right, so let's talk a little bit about how you guys are managing your workflow, right? So you you mentioned some of the tools. Yep. We have a lot of entrepreneurs in different areas that are listeners. If I'm a new entrepreneur and I'm trying to develop a a distributed model, trying to hire a few people, where would you start if you had to do it all over again? Well, one thing I would just say is is that a lot of uh, the problems of technical companies are now the problems of every company. Yeah, because most companies uh, have think, a technical I, aspect yeah, to them. That's right. And, and because work is more about knowledge and collaboration and uh, the kinds of difficulties that have characterized the work process when you're building software are now really common to uh, many other environments. So one thing I just say is, don't reject tools just because they might have come out of the software technology world. They still might be good for you. But the way I've come to think about this is is that uh, you sort of think about a, a collaborative hierarchy. At the top of the collaborative hierarchy is the meeting when people are face-to-face. And there's a set of tools that uh, we all tend to, you know, be at least somewhat aware of there. GoToMeeting, Cisco's WebEx. Zoom are all in that category. For us, we found that Zoom really works great. Uh, It's got a lot of flexibility. So you're using that for meetings primarily? That's right. Face-to-face collaboration. Yeah, that's right. The second uh, kind of level down the the collaborative stack is real-time chatting, texting. Basically, when people need to go back and forth, they don't need the intensity of the meeting. They're probably multitasking. Uh, there again, there's a lot of choices for us. After some experimentation, uh, we settled in on Slack, which has become pretty much of a standard in that area. Uh, then further down the collaborative stack, you need some way to share documents, share you know spreadsheets, share uh, kind of content and artifacts. Uh, there, you know, we started with uh, Office Online. It had some issues for us. We ended up with the Google Suite. I think the big advice I'd give is to make sure you've got a tool in each of those three areas that's working for the team and that you do try you know, more than one thing to, uh, to make sure you're really understanding the pros and cons of some of these things. So what went right and what went wrong in the process? Yeah, what, what went right is, is that uh, uh, we were open to experimentation and to trying to recognize our failures and adjust. Uh, that That's part of... And that's hiring for EQ. You're hiring intelligent people, right? That's right, yeah. intelligent people, but also people who are you know, flexible. Sometimes really smart people uh, aren't willing to uh, examine their original decision and conclude it was wrong. So being smart, but also being flexible... I think another thing that uh, went right for us was uh, uh, we did recognize that we need help, and we got it. Uh, We recognized that uh, 
uh, we needed to uh, put the distributed model at the heart of our thinking about culture and hiring. I think, uh, in retrospect, what went wrong for us is uh, maybe predictably uh, in an experimentation mode. We weren't fast enough to drive towards norms. We let the team kind of stay maybe uh, too flexible uh, for too long. And uh, it took us a few months to get to the place where uh, I think the team members felt like they could predict and expect uh, the other team members to collaborate in certain ways. And as you know, that kind of uncertainty both eats away at productivity, uh, but it also eats away to some degree to people's happiness. They, yeah. uh, uncertainty isn't a good thing in the daily uh, cycle. So when no one was sure, like, uh, what's the expectation if I send a <clears throat> Slack uh, around how quickly someone will respond? And people aren't sure whether they should pull the trigger on a Zoom video meeting. Uh, that, that kind of... Uh, lack of clarity about norms uh, we just didn't uh, address soon enough. So norms, are you talking about putting process in place and having yeah, standards? Yeah, I think both. For, for me, a lot of times norms is more about uh, soft process, right? It's, uh, it's the heuristics that are in people's heads about the way they should behave, and it's about the kind of implicit sanctioning that a team does uh, for team members when folks don't conform to those expectations, right? It's about yeah. people feeling permission to say, hey, you know, I sent you a Slack. I, I expected an answer by now. Answer right? me, damn it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, Mark, I got I to gotta cut you out that really quickly. Um, we've got just a few minutes left. Um, I just want to get your key takeaways on what you want the listener to walk away with. Uh, number one, hire people for EQ and cultural fit, especially uh, hire people who are right for the work model that you've put in place. Uh, be open to experimentation. You know, start with the popular stuff, but uh, don't necessarily stick with that if it isn't working for your team. Um, and, and, and recognize this is probably the hardest thing about the distributed model. Recognize that all the science tells you that people are wired or face-to-face interactions. So when you step away uh, from an office environment, you're kind of fighting human nature, and you've got to work hard to uh, overcome that fact and uh, really make it work. That is so very true. And I'm going to add just one thing, too. You should always understand the person's desires, the person you're trying to recruit, just as an additive, before you pitch your company. If you understand where somebody's coming from, then you can position them correctly and actually understand whether or not they're going to be a fit for your culture. Absolutely, Rick. Definitely. All right. So we're out of time with that today. Um, Mark, thank you so much for your time and investment today. And I want to welcome you to the Higher Power Radio Syndicate. Now, what would be the best way for members of our community to find you, your website, your company? Yeah. We're at uh, www.amiralearning.com, and you can reach me at mark.angel at amiralearning.com. I want to thank our listening audience for tuning in to this week's episode of Higher Power. A quick thanks to our team, our engineer, Paul Roberts, our producers, Andrea Ballin, Shanti Ryle, and Ayla Gerard. If you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review, and share. Uh, we need your feedback to up our game and bring you more highly valuable content. You can join the Higher Power Radio community at Higher, that's H-I-R-E, Power, P-O-W-E-R, radio.com. And you can find us on all the various web platforms, including Spotify, TuneIn, and YouTube. Follow me on LinkedIn. You can follow me at Rick Gerard. Tune in next week. Our guest is going to be Mike, the Batman Cohen. He's the recruiter for Wayne Technologies. 
I'm your host, Rich Gerard, and you have been listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. Aloha. Thank you for listening to Higher Power with Rick Gerard on OC Talk Radio. 